0: Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is God's Plan of Salvation Part 2. Now, here's Pastor Chris. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Excellent. All right. Let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, as we now look to the experience of salvation as well, growing in Christ, Lord, may we be better equipped to serve you. Lead and guide us. Take heart as well what you have us learn today that we can apply to our lives now in jesus name amen as we get started um we'll be uh, i want to go through a quick story but rather than reading i want you to read along i want you to imagine we've done this before so i want you to all close your eyes i want you to experience what we're going to read, okay? Very familiar story. So I'll close our eyes. All right. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up, said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save The lost. All right, open your eyes. Okay. So, as you were listening, I hope that you were able to visually put into perspective the story of Zacchaeus. Many of us have probably heard of this story before, but it's an interesting story. We find a man, Zacchaeus. He's a Jew because he is the son of Abraham, and yet he's a tax collector. A position that, not envious. Tax collectors were not very well perceived. In fact, as an illustration, Travis, come on up here real quick. Everybody knows Travis, right? Yeah. We love Travis. He's full of energy. He's a good dude. When I first got here, he was very welcoming, and I, I always appreciated uh, his kindness to me. Now imagine, though, Travis, Let's just say the Internal Revenue Service and the Franchise Tax Board, California's version of the IRS, just disappeared. We wouldn't have to pay taxes, right? No, there would be a way, right? Somehow the government would instill people to go and collect taxes. Imagine if you had to go to every single door here, let's say we all lived in this neighborhood, and Travis came by and he would knock on your door, and he'd come by at the threat right of a regular time. He'd say, come on, pay up. Now, mind you, this is your only career. Okay, you're not, this is not a side hustle. This is your career. And you're not really getting paid by the government very well. All of a sudden, he's got to make more money. He's got bills to pay. He's got a mortgage or he's got a car. He's got all this and he's got all that. So he ups the taxes. Well, you paid this much, but this week, you got to pay 10 percent more. how many How many people love Travis now? Okay, you still love Travis. Only one person. I'm sorry, Thank Travis. You, Thank you. <laughs> All right, you get the point, right? Okay? Zacchaeus, unlike Travis, was uh, vertically challenged like me. All right. Travis is a tall guy. he's a handsome guy. Thank you. And uh, ladies, he is taken, right, Dulce? Okay, got your back, all right, oh, you're going to have to have that conversation later. (coughs) So Travis, total antithesis of Zacchaeus, kind, loving, warm, prior to meeting Jesus. And yet we find that after he meets Jesus, Zacchaeus is changed. He's like Travis, he's kind, he's generous although he's still vertically challenged. All right, that's not going to change. Thank you, Travis. Go ahead and sit down. All right. Thanks for always being a good sport. So Zacchaeus, not a well-perceived guy. In fact, one of the things I wonder, you know when he was in a crowd, since he was a little shorter and maybe somebody was taller, and you know when you're bunched into crowds, maybe sometimes they'd maybe slip in an elbow or... At the end of the day, tax collectors were one of the most reviled people because they were considered sinners. And the fact that he was a fellow Jew asking money for the government, not a popular figure. But yet we find here in this story is that he's heard of this man named Jesus. And so much so that he wants to see who he is. And I don't know how tall Zacchaeus was, but so much so, he couldn't, see. he couldn't see over the people in the crowd. So he has to climb a tree. And as Jesus is coming into town, he's seeing, he's watching him come up. And then all of a sudden, he, Jesus stops. And he looks up into the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, come down because I'm going to hang out with you today in your house. Something in Zacchaeus' heart changed. A heart that perhaps was cold, calculated, maybe taking money. All of a sudden, his heart starts to change. And ultimately, by the end of the day, so much so that he is a new man. Where if there are anybody who is poor, he's willing to give half. or He's willing to give his income to help those who are poor. And so much so that even those he... Had admitted to cheating, by the way, he would give four times back. Half of his possessions to the poor, and four times as much for those he had extorted. Zacchaeus was a changed man, he experienced salvation. As we look to the Word and as we look to the fundamental beliefs, one of the fundamental beliefs that I think is also very important is that of the experience, experiencing Christ's transforming power in your life. So the experience of salvation. In infinite love and mercy, God made Christ, who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might be made the righteousness of God. It is only through God that we can be considered righteous. Led by the Holy Spirit, we sense our need, we acknowledge our sinfulness, we repent of our transgressions and exercise faith in Jesus as Lord and Christ, as substitute and example. This faith which receives salvation, comes through the divine power of the word and the gift of God's grace. And through Christ, we are justified, adopted as God's sons and daughters, and delivered from the lordship of sin. Through the Spirit, we are born again and sanctified. The Spirit renews our minds. God writes law of love in our hearts, and we are given the power to live a holy life. Abiding in him, we become partakers of the divine nature and have the assurance of salvation now and in the judgment. Isn't it a blessing to know that when we accept Christ and we believe with him in all of our heart, we acknowledge him of our need in our life and to invite him to our lives, knowing that we are saved. What a gift. Christ compels and changes us because when we experience salvation it's not something that we just say but we actually can experience this because when we realize when we are broke we ultimately are broken people we are sinners in need of a savior and when we acknowledge lord our jesus as our lord and when we repent god's grace is extended god's love which is infinite and merciful forgives us and we are justified by christ you see in romans 5 something that we've we've gone through previously some of what i'm going to say is a little bit of a rehash but it's important so you see at this right time when we were still powerful christ died for the ungodly very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? So as a theme that we've also been talking about as well, God, again, he takes the initiative for us because we are broken, we are sinners. And as we we have gone through these fundamental beliefs, it's telling a story, right? Because at the very beginning, we talk about the foundation of our our belief, which is the scriptures. How are we going to know anything about God? obviously through prayer, but especially through the reading of the word, we can discover a God who created this whole vast universe and has a plan for our salvation. So we understand, we can understand who God is through the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then we also, over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how we were created and ultimately our nature of humanity. But through the life death and resurrection and also understanding the greater battle the great controversy we are now here at the point where we can understand and experience our salvation so jesus again takes the initiative because we are broken sinners right is it possible to free us any of us to be perfect negative right So when a sinner recognizes their need for Christ, their faith is not static. It moves them forward. It compels them to move towards Christ. It spurs them into conviction and into action. We look When we see Zacchaeus, all that he had seen and experienced and when he saw Jesus, when he was in God's presence, he acknowledged who Jesus was. And he was a changed man. And there's many stories in the Gospels. I I think of uh, the woman who had bled and the woman caught in adultery, the centurion. Many people who came across Jesus were changed and convicted after meeting him and how he treated them. They found salvation. They found hope. Now, The sinner who repents is justified through Jesus and is called to a life of sanctification. Pastor Chris, what's this big word, sanctification? And to be honest, I didn't really understand, understood what sanctification meant until I really honestly became a pastor. And sanctification is ultimately we are repented, we are justified through Jesus, but now we are called to live a life with god and god nurtures guides and directs us and molds and shapes us into the disciples that god has called us to be so by being sanctified are we perfect nope we are again a work in progress previously one of the illustrations that i used to understand sanctification is uh, imagine being in an elevator with christ and as the elevator is going up, sometimes along the way in life, we're gonna mess up. Right? We've got a lifetime of experiences of that already. Amen? But yet Christ, though is in the elevator, picks us up, and we still rise up towards heaven. And so one of the other ways that how could I how can I try to better explain this? Um, as well as through, uh, how many of you have ever ridden in an Uber or a Lyft? Okay, So a couple weeks back, um, I had to go and pick up my car and I ordered it just on time, it was perfect. I would get there five minutes before I needed to get there. And as we got on the freeway, uh, I had a very lovely conversation with the individual who was my driver, Um, but she was following her phone, the directions, and the directions had it right yet she chose to get instead of get off mount olive she chose to get on the 605 <coughs> excuse me still not 100% from the 210 to the 605 at 5:40 in the evening thank you you understand my plight we had to go all the way down to Arrow, which didn't have traffic. The other side, that was a whole other story. We had to go all the way down to Arrow, get off Arrow, and I had to give her directions because, thankfully enough, I knew another way. But I still arrived five minutes late. And, and in life, you know, God gives us the path, the directions, Right? But yet we need to be able to read and follow the directions in life, right? So it's important that we should get to know who God is and what God has in store for our lives by reading the word. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat this flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, blood, you have no life in you. Whoever acts, eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Now, we've gone through this recently. We realize, of course, Jesus is obviously not a cannibal. Praise the Lord. Right? But yet, when he talks about eating the flesh and drinking the blood, What is he saying here? And that we have to partake on his words, his teachings. We have to know who God is. And again, as I've said before, we can't know God unless we spend time with God. And so the fact of the matter is spend time with God in prayer and study and even your fellow believers here at this church that's why we're here not only for affirmation and getting together, but we're here to know and discover a loving, graceful God. So, sanctification is a lifelong journey of walking and being shaped and molded by Christ. In fact, Bonifer, Dietrich Bonifer, a famous German theologian who helped many Jews try to escape. Uh, and ultimately tried to end Hitler, um, was caught, convicted, and thrown into uh, one of the camps and died just before they would have been freed. He writes, Salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. Funny thing is, though when we decide to follow Christ and we become Christ's disciples, it's not just a mere one-time decision. It's a decision that's going to affect your whole life, so much so it will affect you daily. Because realize, every time we wake up, it's a brand new day, right? But Christ calls us to take up his cross daily. So, driving. Driving. You ever have a backseat driver? Growing up, I'm the oldest, so I was the first to drive. And one of my siblings uh, decided it was their professional courtesy to me to become the backseat driver. (laughs) And I paid them back later. But uh, all jokes aside, when we drive the car as well, we want to follow God's leading. Sometimes life, however... We're going to take detours. Whether because we're stubborn, we think we know the way, but we don't, and we end up taking this long painful detour. May we seek Christ first and follow Christ's leading. And better than any ways or Google Maps app, the Word of God will lead and strengthen, but also convict and bring you joy in good times and in hard times. And realize that life, in our Christian experience, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. If, I don't know if you've ever uh, ran or rode a race, but a 5K, 3.1 mile run is much different than a marathon. Because you can probably, the, the fastest athletes can probably do a 5K, what, in 15, 20 minutes, right? And now, apparently, the world record has been broken. Somebody ran a sub-two-hour marathon, which just blows my mind. But you run those races very differently because the sprint, you're going out as hard as you can. With the marathon, you still have to run hard, but you can't have your heart rate at 180 beats per minute the whole time, right? Something's going to give. Realize that in our Christian walk, You're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. You're going to have peaks and you're going to have valleys. But the beautiful thing is that Christ is with you throughout the whole journey. Paul writes, Not that I have already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So run the race and fight. Do well with Christ. But be wary of burnout we sometimes look for those mountaintop peak experiences. And those are wonderful experiences. But as well, stay grounded and rooted in Christ. When we look at Jesus' teachings, he spoke of many things, of practical things, of love and forgiveness, as well how to deal with material things, money. And as Adventists, we've always looked to the future and we shouldn't stop doing that. But let us not forget as well the present because Christ has also called us to minister in the present. And as well, one of the things that, uh, maybe I've said this before as well, if we can't love each other now, and yes, we'll be changed, why can't we replicate the love that we should have in heaven here on earth now? Matthew's gospel is focused on, the, one of the themes is the fact of bringing the kingdom now bringing god into this world to his love and redemption and grace it is you can find that now and though we wait for the second coming of jesus may we share this love with others and treat others well with love so that's experience of salvation and growing growing in christ i'm running out of time that some of the they're very similar but growing uh growing in christ The fundamental belief is that by his death on the cross, Jesus triumphed over the forces of evil. He who subjugated the demonic spirits during his earthly ministry has broken their power and made certain their evil doom. Jesus gives us victory. Jesus' victory gives us victory over the evil forces that still seek to control us. As we walk with him in peace and joy and assurance of his love, now the Holy Spirit dwells within us and empowers us part of that is the sanctification that when we accept jesus into our lives as well the holy spirit will lead and help mold and shape us continually committed to jesus as our savior and lord we are set free from the burden of our past deeds how many of you have carried baggage for a very long time of guilt right and while we can't change the past we can look forward to the future Make changes now in your life that are positive changes and live a life with Christ. No longer do we live in darkness, fear of evil powers, ignorance and meaningless of our former way of life. In this freedom in Jesus, we are called to grow in the likeness of his character, communing with him daily in prayer, feeding on his word, meditating on it and on his providence, singing his praises like we did this morning, praise the Lord, gathering together for worship, in participating in the mission of the church. As we give ourselves in loving service to those around us and in witnessing to his salvation, his constant presence with us through the Spirit transforms every moment and every task into a spiritual experience. Everything is spiritual experience. Let me save that for later. So life, life begins with death. This new life begins with the fact that, especially when we're baptized, we baptize, the old life is gone, and we are baptized, and we come up brand new. Amen? Life 2.0. All right? So life begins with death. And to live in Christ is to acknowledge that salvation is not just an acceptance of God's love and grace for us, but to live daily for him. So Jesus calls us to take up the cross daily. Um, in Matthew it says then Jesus said to his disciples whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it what good will it gain what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul or what can anyone give what, what can anyone give in exchange for their soul you could have a billion dollars And at the end of the day, still be miserable if you don't have love. All right? You could have a trillion dollars. And if you're just by yourself on an island, that doesn't seem like a very happy experience, right? By yourself. You could have everything. We were not meant to be alone. We were meant to live together. And yet as well, christ calls and compels us to take up the cross daily it's my prayer every morning that when i pray lord i ask father forgive me for i am a sinner but lead and guide me daily that i may be a representative and a blessing for you that's a dangerous prayer because now you got to act on it right oh just let me stay in my cocoon let me stay in my zone let me stay in my box God does not call us, to st- again, God does not call us to stay in the box, but to get out of the box. So be prepared to be uncomfortable. And if you really, really want to grow, growing means you got to be uncomfortable and stretching yourself out. But with Christ, all things are possible. So to summarize everything, kind of what we've talked about, because these two fundamental beliefs are very similar. <laughs> Moving forward. And growing in Christ, okay, is a life of the Spirit, inviting the Holy Spirit to be able to reside and to live in you, <coughs> to be shaped and molded for God and to serve the Lord. A life of love and of unity, working together with your family, with our church family. We're called to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're doing so here because that's why we're here, right? Right? And yet, as well, growing in Christ means a life of study. You're never, ever going to know everything. I've been studying the Bible for many years, 20 plus years. Well, if we're going to say my whole life, 30 something. Yet at the end of the day, even, even in uh, this last couple of days, I've been, I've been reading the prophets. Man, there's so much that I didn't know. And I look forward to sharing this with you very soon of how God has worked in the lives of the the prophets and of the people and the good news that is actually in the Old Testament. So you're never going to know everything. With humility, go to the scriptures and study other people too as well. How how does that person do well? How is that person? Some find somebody a mentor that you can learn and be mentored by that you respect. And help them help show you how to be a Christian. It's a lifetime experience. Much prayer is also required in the life of a disciple. Again, if we want to know God, gotta to talk to God. And not just talk, but as well listen. Stop. Be quiet for a moment every day. Just stop. Because we already live a busy life. And life has become a lot more complicated even in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Stop and listen. And a life of fruit bearing. One of the things that I'm asked regularly is, well, Pastor, what does it mean to live by faith yet it seems like we got to do all this stuff right we got to keep the sabbath don't lie don't do this don't do that if we truly love god god's going to change us and it may not be that quick overnight success story okay cuz you know when you get baptized most of us have probably have this experience where we get baptized and we're on this mountaintop experience And then all of a sudden we either plateau or those old ways of our lives start to creep back in, right? And all of a sudden we feel guilty. We feel like I'm not doing right. Understand, we are not perfect. Just like all of the characters in the Bible. Did they all have it together? No. I mean, good grief. Don't get me started on that. Even the people who lived and walked with Jesus for three years didn't have it together before and after at times. You look at the, gospel, the, the book of Acts. Good grief, they were acting like children sometimes. So, we don't always have to we're, understand that we are not perfect. But yet, when Christ is in us, we know there is a change. And especially if we're faithful and we truly know if we desire to follow God, Christ will change us. And that will be evident in the love, the humility, the peace, and the joy that you will experience. For some, it takes a little longer to get there, all right? But if you're committed and want to walk, we're here to help you in that journey. So, Understand as well. We're going to have ups and downs, challenges, as we've mentioned before. Life is not perfect. And obviously, as we've discovered too, there's a great controversy. But yet, Christ, remember, has won the battle. So stay faithful. Stay faithful to Christ. And then finally, we are here together. We are worshiping. But we're also called not just to be here, we're called to go out to be a witness to share and bring hope to the world. So may you have a life of the Spirit, a life of love and unity, a life of study, prayer, fruit-bearing. Keeps close to God when challenges come, and may we be faithful in witnessing. And may we bring hope, and may we gather regularly together to worship. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. God, be with us. Father, forgive us of our sins because we are simply sinners. But yet, through you, we have hope and salvation. Lord, may we not forget what it was like when you first entered our lives. Lord, continue to lead and guide us. May we not forget your great love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.